0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. The We Are Libertarians daily podcast. I'm Hody Johns, and I am joined by Joe Patchkul. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to hear, man. Glad to have you on. So, uh, before we unveil before we tug on the thread that is the energy and the grid and the monopolies and the oligarchies and everything that's going on tell us about yourself
1: um a lot of people know me in the movement i am a construction manager industrial sector a lot of power in refining but i started out in power and you know i've worked in substations power line construction Pretty much anything, energy, whether it be oil, gas, electricity, or whatever. I've worked in it on the construction side and maintenance side for thirty years now.
0: Okay, awesome. The th- so so that is probably giving you some perspectives and a lot of insider information, especially since you've worked in such a variety of energies. It's not just the oil industry, the gas industry. It's kind of all of them together. So. Why don't you unveil for the audience kind of uh, the the focus of where you want to take the podcast today? Let, let, uh, obviously, there's a problem. We'll talk about the solution at the end. But just from your perspective, what have you seen? What issues do you see with the the energy industry in general? The energy
1: industry, the power industry, it's – they've set so many laws to protect themselves. It's ridiculous. I mean – Every power company has got is protected by the government as how they can operate, you know, how much power gets sold. The real issue there is that they've made it that way. When they deregulated power way back, they ended I don't know if it was inadvertently or advertently, but either way, monopolies were created. Like Duke Power. These big monopolies that control so much power. The, a little startup company can't do it. They can't even get into that market.
0: So let me put a pause on that real quick. The When we say monopolies, people would say, well, you're talking about it plural, so it can't be a monopoly because there's more than one energy company or power or power company. So uh, what would you say to that?
1: Well, it's all dependent where you live, right? I mean, so when they broke up these... In you know, like they had Carolina Power for years and different power companies. Once they deregulated and they went to private companies, beside a few states, for the most part, nobody has a choice of who they buy power from. That's where the monopoly comes in. It's take Montana where I live, for instance. We've got three co-ops, but they only have a couple counties in the state. The majority of the state is Northwestern Energy and they, they not only retail electricity to the end user but they also own the transmission that comes from the power plant so even the co-ops are technically buying power from northwestern energy to feed it down the line so it's it's all kind of controlled by and then you go to another state it's a different power company or you know the, it doesn't matter what state you're in it's the same type of monopoly
0: right this is something that they do a lot of times with the medical industry is they uh like for opioids for example well there are three different companies that are allowed to make opioids. However, the way the government has it set up is they say, well, only these, this company is allowed to administer it in this dose or in this fashion. And so if you have a specific dose or a a specific method from which you receive it, you really aren't on a free market. I mean, yes, there are three companies, but there is only one company that's allowed to make the opiate in your dose. This is very similar. Would you say that's a fair analogy to what's going on in the power industry right now?
1: Exactly fair. I mean, you know, now the the funnier thing about this all is, is in um, the Tennessee Valley, Tennessee River Valley, the Tennessee Valley Authority, which is a solely owned, it's solely owned by the government, even though it operates independently, it doesn't really get government funding, it's self-funded. Um, non-profit, so to speak, but they know exactly what it costs to make power. That's when they started TVAA, it was a great idea. Flood the rivers, make power, bring power to places that never had power. For the most part, people i talked to said that's, um, you know, I, if, if the government does anything good, that's probably one of the good things they've done because people in the Tennessee Valley i talked to said that their rates are cheaper than everybody else's. They've got good service. So, but the government knows what it costs to make power.
0: Yeah, the, and, and I think I'm a homeowner myself. And I think a lot of, I think if you're a renter, you don't necessarily see it. Cause it's most of the time it's yeah. included or, you know, uh, I, I guess that even that's not true. Cause when I've gone to back when I was renting and, you know, you get an apartment, you still are responsible for getting the lights turned on and it's not like there's a litany of places to choose from. There's one. For, yeah. for me, uh, I've been in Colorado and Utah uh, during my adult life, and it's Rocky Mountain Power, and I don't have an alternative. I have no choice. Nobody else is. Nobody else. I, I think it's funny because th- there's a difference here between saying nobody else is able to give me energy out here versus nobody else is allowed to give me energy out That's, here. You hit it right there. Yeah. So the, so, so let's talk about some of the effects of this problem. Uh, I will start. The most immediate effect that I can see is when you're in a non-competitive market, I can't get a competitive price. So I know I can see what the cost would be to heat my house and know that if it were competitive, it would be lower. But since I'm not allowed to have that competition, my only option is to sleep in a freezing house or have the heat that will be, you know, that I will be charged by this energy company, right? Yeah. All right, what are some other problems associated with this?
1: Well, I man, it comes down to the problem is the grid really, because it's a closed grid. They aren't they own the transmission. We won't even talk about power generation cuz that's probably a whole new show, but we we'll, we may mention a little bit, but right. it, it's more about energy and how that power that's made no matter what, how it's made, it's how it's delivered to the end user. So, by all these companies owning the transmission lines and distribution, that I, I might add that all of that was government subsidized when it was built. So, taxpayers helped pay for those lines in the first place. Those companies have more than made their initial investment back. So, the solution is, open grid all the way around except texas because texas has got an independent grid it's the only grid in the united states that's not connected to the rest of the united states they've got their own separate grid so all the other states all the power grids interconnected so at the end of the day if it was open grid i could buy in montana i could buy power from a power company in missouri if they give me the right kilowatt per hour price or vice versa. You know, it's just however I want to buy. So it's like buying a cell phone or long distance or something. You have more choices on the market. That's the biggest thing. But, you know, trying to educate people. I've been trying to educate people about open, open grid and consumer electric choice because with an open grid, it's true consumer electric choice. And that's the kind of solutions we need to look at. In
0: our movement, especially, yeah. Well, I mean, especially movement about freedom and open markets. I mean, it just it, it's par for the course at this point. If you're a, if you're a liberty lover, to to understand why those things are better uh, instead of worse, and and there's, I think, in addition to the cost, I think we talk about quality as well. I think all of us have been at some point subject to a rolling blackout that there's nothing we can do about, or you know. Um, and maybe this is just a conspiracy theory or something like that, but uh, I I know that uh, I I believe that we uh, oftentimes have our energy be be throttled or, or funneled and say you know well this is how much we're gonna you know delineate over here and this is how much is going to be over here and if you're not competing with another company there's no reason for them to sometimes shortchange you aside from the fact that you might move. States entirely and just say I'm not even going to live in this county anymore. You know, I'm because of the rolling blackouts. But as long as you're up, you know, ninety percent of the time, you can do kind of a crappy job. You know, and be and say, well, I'm going to get away with it. The quality's not great, but what can they do?
1: Exactly, and that's that's the thing, right? I mean, you take my I'm just going to use Montana because I live in Montana. Great. So Montana is a net exporter of power. We export. 55 percent of the power generated in Montana. So that being said, you would think, "Hey, Montana's good; got gotta have cheap rates." Wrong. We are paying an el- average 11 cents per kilowatt when the rest of the country's averaging nine. We're actually paying more for electricity electricity because we're a net ex- and we're a net exporter. So. That's all Northwestern energy, right? I mean, all our power, go- most of the power we generate goes to Washington and Oregon.
0: So, so let me and- back that up real quick, because most of the time when you're generating an excess, that means that you can sell it for more. You're saying that that's the opposite effect? You're actually...
1: Where we're at, and the reason is, they said we buy power for what they can sell it for on the alpha market. We don't get a break.
0: Yeah, there's something very broken there then, because <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I I and my so my background is kind of restaurant management experience, right? If I'm generating more food, I'm able to sell it at a cheaper price and I'm able to sell it to additional people. You know, if as long as I'm not running out of food, I can keep selling it and making more money. And you're saying there's some ter- type of internal incentive where you say, well, I'm, I'm kind of capped on how much I can make here, and I have to just siphon it off?
1: Well, get the, and here's the worst thing about it all. So every time, every time Northwestern Energy wants, like if they have a forced outage or they got major repairs to do or some upgrades, they fund it with rate increases. And then they still get the subsidies on top of it, plus all their other tax stuff they get. And so at the end of the day our rates go up just so they can improve their profits. That's not liberty. I mean I understand free market this is where you know people say there's a gray area but crony capitalism is not a free market. It's the, the exact opposite.
0: No, and and we've gone into some some Analytics on capitalism. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of capitalism and I feel like if we were to have capitalism in this country that it would be more mind-blowing at socialism at this point. We socialize everything. I mean... Healthcare, you know, energy, yep. uh, you know, the wall is a social program. I mean, I mean, you can, you can think of a million things that we're all required to pay for where only some people are getting the benefit from. And that's socialism. And so if we just said, Hey, let's socialize everything, that really wouldn't change a lot of people's lives. I think a free market would really shock people. I mean, if we deregulated what, you know, foods, housing, and man, especially in this subject, energy is just one of those. They do this with housing, right? Where they say, well, there's not actually a scarcity in housing. Right? And so and so if there's no scarcity in housing, then we have to make a scarcity, otherwise living someplace doesn't cost anything at all. Right? There there's we have so many open places in the United States that really dirt is dirt cheap. I, I think that probably doesn't surprise anybody, and that's kind of what what capitalism would steer you towards. So what do we do? Well, we have to prop it up. We make it impossible to actually live someplace. We make it impossible to buy properties in certain places. We we have mandates on living situations. You can't sleep here. You can't sleep there. You can't move over here. You know, the publics, the states, the counties, they all own any land that you see that is not being used. They own it. And you got to, you have to pay them to get it. So we prop up this industry that ordinarily would be about free or pretty darn close to free, like property, and we put certain costs on it to drive it up so that it maintains the industry. This is a Keynesian model to say that if you're spending money on it, it's lending value to the society, you know, versus, well, if it's actually worth nothing, there's actually more people that benefit from that, right? Because you can live there for free it would solve a lot of homeless problems. I mean, I mean, building a, a, a shack of a homeless shelter is not all that expensive. You yeah. know, and then we l- open this up. So, so I, I want to limit my scope here to energy, okay. but the yeah. energy is the our energy and power. As you said, power is the perfect example of this. It is propped up. We, like you said, you have a net excess, which should make it more marketable for you and more affordable for the people that you sell to. But you're not able to pass on that profit. Are you, you know, you're not no. able to pass on those savings,
1: and so here's the great thing about the, uh, an open grid. And you know, with the people, a lot of people want green energy now. They only want green energy. instead so they're passing laws to get power plants, coal burners closed, and nukes closed, whatever. But it, this is where open grid can really fix that problem, because if I wanted to buy just green energy, I could buy from the wind farm producing it down the road directly from them. And I can say, I'm not buying the coal. So then at the end of the day, whoever's buying the most power is what market's going to live. So if nobody buys the coal power, the coal power companies can't stay in business.
0: So it's – and I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. So it's the ones that stay in business are the ones that buy the most, not necessarily the ones that are selling the best.
1: No, it would be the ones that sell the most. so what I mean is you or say you wanted to say you said, well, I'm going to buy the cheapest power. I can get it from that nuke down the street. You're buying it from the nuke. But your neighbor says, you know, I don't like those nukes. I'm going to buy mine from the solar farm directly. So at the end of the day, the more people they buy from either the coal power or the solar plant, at the end of the day, the one with the most customers is going to be the one that survives. And that's really free market in a sense. I mean, that's that's the very essence of free market because then people have a choice of what they want to buy. And there's really no need to make a bunch of laws to close anything else down, you know, or try to de you know, try to close things down.
0: Right. This is, this is the importance of the competitive market is that. Uh, this is something that I, that I have always loathed. I'm just going to go ahead and go full econ here because I just I love talking about economy and I could forever. But uh, so so just bear with me, audience. I'm sorry, you're going to hear a lot of economy here. But one of the things that I've always loved about capitalism, the idea among early socialists was they said, well, if we let the free market happen, eventually it's just going to become a gigantic monopoly. There's only going to be one restaurant that's the best, and everything will be that restaurant. That is baloney. That's just total baloney, right? Preferences exist all over the place, right? And so I have a preference for certain restaurants. Other people are going to have their preferences. I even have different preferences on different days for different Mexican restaurants that I like to go to. So so it's just bananas to me that somebody thinks that that would turn into the same thing. Energy, power, another perfect example of this. Yeah, somebody might like solar, somebody might like nuclear, somebody might like gas, propane, oil, personal generator, whatever it may be, and so open it all up to try everything. You want to try wind? Have at it. You want to try nuclear? Have at it. Ultimately, the ones that are the most successful are going to provide the best value to their customers. And those are the ones that should be the most successful. Now the idea that the ones that, you know, Oh, what? So only the most successful. And let's, let's just say hypothetically, that's nuclear energy. But then some of those plants might say, well, it's kind of inconvenient for us to build out here and you already have a fully functioning hydroelectric dam. So even the very environment, the very nature itself is not going to allow you to just say one size fits all, energy, 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 you know, and and plop down the same thing. There's going to be, I mean, there's some windy areas in the United States. I, I, I remember somebody calling the, what, America... Is the Saudi Arabia of wind energy or something like that? In, in reference to to the comparison w- of the, of with oil with us and them, right? And so and so we say, okay, well, there's some uh, areas where where wind energy is the more viable option. Some areas where nuclear energy, but at the same time that all has to match personal preference as well to say that, well, I'm going to try solar energy. And if we deregulate that and have people put that on their houses, then that's going to be a lot cheaper and easier to afford. Or, you know, I just I just see so many different alternatives when I look at the free market on this issue and the throttling of it to say that, no, it's going to be one way or the other, and we're going to make whatever the best choice is for you. Oftentimes, they end up making the worst choice for you.
1: Agreed. And I mean, you know, and when you get into energy, you get into gas and oil too. But the funny thing about oil is, so working in refining too, all that oil comes from everywhere in the world. Gets put in a refinery, gets put in the truck, and dropped to the, you know, turned into gas and dry, it delivered to the gas station and used. Okay. But so when you go to the pump, when you go to the pump, you buying you're buying a mixture of Saudi Arabian oil, U.S. oil venezuelan oil that's another thing we have no real choice on and that that's a, that's a little bit different because essentially we can say you and i can say you know what maduro i don't like what Maduro's doing to his people in venezuela i don't want to support him by buying his oil you really don't have a choice because of how what they do and how they process oil and all that Iran. I mean, whatever. But I'm just saying, it, it's kind of we never, we don't have a choice. The way this market is is here. It is buy it or don't buy it.
0: Sure, it's it's an upsell when we stick when we're buying a T-shirt and we say made in the USA. You say, oh, I, I like American-made products. I like supporting America. Yeah. If it says. You know, made by commies who are committing ethnic genocide. Then all of a sudden, you're like, "Well, I, I don't. I'm not sure if I like this as much. This T-shirt is not my favorite anymore, just because of the nature of where it came from. We really don't have that origin story when we get that. Like you said, on in the, especially in the case of gas, we really don't get that full origin story, and so we're supporting people we might not like.
1: Exactly. And so that's all energy in, in the end of it. It's all energy, but electric and open grid is the way to fix a lot of that because. You know, you take Arizona's got a bunch of solar farms. So you could essentially, if you live in Utah or Colorado, you could say, well, I'm buying their power. Yeah. You know, without getting into all the, you'd have to put substations to get that power delivered. I understand that part. But at the end of the day, it could still be done.
0: Let's talk about, let's, I like that you lead perfectly in this next segue. You, you're perfect for radio here. What's the next, uh, what's the solution for this then? What, what do you see is, what's the next step that we have to take to really gain some freedom and some free market access in the energy industry?
1: I think everybody in the liberty and freedom movement needs to, candidates, and when they talk to their elected officials that are already elected, Start these conversations about, hey, consumer electric choice energy and open grids. That has to be done on a state level first. Unless, you know, we could get some miracle candidate that's willing to do it nationally, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. But it can be done on a state level because there's a few states that have done that. And Texas, it happens to be one, they've got an independent grid. They've got a consumer electric choice thing, but they, they're still kind of stuck in that. There's 50, 60 different power companies in Texas, but they're still localized. Right. You can only if you live here, you have to buy from them. You can't buy from the other ones. So they're almost there, but they're not quite there.
0: Right. It's, there's always these stages, right? Like when we legalize marijuana, we say, Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's now we're regulating it and taxing it. And it's like, okay. Well, that's maybe a step in the right direction. Now let's work on (laughs) full decriminalization of marijuana, right? And and I think energy is kind of the same way. I'm glad that you're detailing the path that you say, well, this is one step. We want to get to whatever they're doing in, you know, Texas or Tennessee or, you know, and say, okay, that's step one. That's going to help us a little. But then they need to take that next step as well. Now, the fact that they've actually gone in that direction is pretty heartwarming. Sometimes uh, when I discuss politics, it's just a matter of how how much freedom we lost. So whenever I see somebody make any progress in the right direction, that's that's good, right? (laughs) Am I still am I still here? Do I have you, Jeff? Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know what happened. It just cut out on me. <laughs> You're all right.
0: You're all right. I-, I was just saying, uh, it- it's nice when we make progress in the right direction, like in the case of Texas. And that's it. Yeah, we're so
1: but used to. But it's just something we all need to start looking at, right? That's all I'm saying is I think we all we all should start getting every liberty candidate we know and all to start bringing up these open grid green- because it's something the duopoly isn't talking about. You've never heard a duopoly candidate come out and say, hey, open grid, you know, electric energy choice, consumer electric energy choice.
0: Right. Usually they're, uh, in fact, the very opposite. They're talking about which authoritarian energy thing they want to have take over uh, everything. You know, it's like, oh, well, we think nuclear should take over everything. Well, we think wind should take over everything. Whereas we kind of just say, well, the free market should take over every individual choice should take over everything. Right. This is exactly. Right. You're right. I, I man, that is such a great idea because that it really is. That's how we won the that's how we're I guess I shouldn't say won. That's how we're winning the drug war conversation is by saying, hey, you know, let's stop. Let's stop these practices. Let's get a little bit better. Let's phrase it in a way where you just get a little more control. And it's an immediate benefit. You know, I I know when they say just try a little. And I think if you try a little and see your energy, you know, bill get halved in a month, you're going to want to try a little more. You know, I mean, who wouldn't want that? You know, when you see jobs expand, when you see business opportunities abound, you're going to want that, you know, even if you're within the energy industry. You know, it's not like all these subsidies. I think people see the amount of subsidies for energy and they're like, well, won't it get more expensive without it? It, but they forget about all that other waste. And you say, especially a guy like you, when you say, I'm competitive and I know what I'm doing in the energy industry, you're probably chomping at the bit for some freedom, right?
1: Exactly. But see, and that's the whole thing right now is, you know, we focused on wind and solar in the last few years and we've let the rest of these sectors kind of slip. Nobody's really put any money into our grids or getting older substations are getting old and yeah you know it's it's all kind of ugly i mean at the end of the day it's a mess really
0: yeah well i mean it's a mess and everybody's paying for it i think that that's the problem that i have with this issue and we're we're about to where we should do our final thoughts here and and i like we like to end with that here on the show and i I just still deliver my final thoughts. It is such a mess and it is expensive and everybody's paying for it, especially something like energy. You think about something that is used at your workplace, at your home, at your anywhere, a travel. I mean, you're you are utilizing energy. Energy is a very uh, it's a scientific term, right? Power Mm -hmm. and energy are very scientific terms and we are surrounded by all this science. I mean, eating is fuel. Any food that you eat had to get transported from some place, had to get grown from some place. There's energy just all over everything. So when the government steps in and says, "We're going to just do a little regulation here. It's just going to be a little more expensive here and there." We got to multiply that by factors of millions of people every time they choose to do that. They throw in, "Oh, it's just going to be a quarter of a percent increase on gasoline. Nobody should freak out." But the thing is is as soon as that hits the Market that's going to have more than just a you know a 0.25 percent increase, and they stack all these things up, and they gotta fall at some point. And I am so happy. I was really happy, and I want I when I leave you with your final thoughts, I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of you or at least read your work because I think that was what was fascinating for me was to see somebody in the industry just say, man, we can really change this for the better, and you have no idea the cost you're paying right now. And how non-competitive it is and how the quality is not very good and what it could be. And so I want people to be able to follow you and find how how to improve their lives dramatically. Because I, I think it starts as a small change for your own household. You know, you reduce by a couple percent. But if you get that couple percent to change on the political level, you know, you're talking about a complete revolution in the economy. So that, that's my final words. But Joe, let's take it over to you, man.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me on today. I enjoyed it, really. Um, You know, the end of the day, really, monopolies are the opposite of choice. You know, when monopolies are created, it limits our choice. And sometimes it limits it so much to where there really is no choice. You're stuck with only one provider. And that's where we are in the energy market at the moment. We need to... Liberty lovers, we need to work with everybody that we meet, and we start having discussions and coming up with these solutions because we're always quick to say, oh, this is all messed up. And, but we don't always offer a better solution and have that conversation, right? Just, well, how about we try this? Because this, something like this, I believe Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals could really all get on board with. I think they're all, they would say, well, that sounds like a great idea. And to get a hold of me, I'm pretty active on Facebook, um, Pascal, Joe at, and Twitter, and that's pretty much me for social media. I mean. <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> me I'm too. Active. I, I let my editor take care of the rest of this spreading this around. I, I thank God for Chris Spangle and his ability to distribute because I'm just not I'm not all over it like he is. What uh, Joe I really appreciate you having on the show man I just want to say when, when somebody talks about being solutions oriented I just want to say hallelujah there's so much complaining that we do and like you said I feel like in many cases we don't have a response to things like the Green New Deal we just are there to explain why how it's a bad idea but like you said There's a real libertarian solution here, a liberty loving solution that I think the people will like and that both Republicans and Democrats, that's a pulling point for them where they say, yeah, you know, I feel like this is kind of our next drug war thing is for to pull people in and say, man, I do not like my power grid. I don't like the amount that I have to pay for it. That'd be super cool if I could make it. You know, less like uh, Ruby's steakhouse prices, and less like those prices, and more like McDonald's prices. You know, let's let's move well, to I that. Never
1: so much. Yeah, we could address. I mean, you know, because that's where. But that's a whole other show. We could talk about this on another show if you want. But yeah, it's there's a lot of ways we can save money on that on our end of the day because it works like long distance. Power company A can say, "Hey, I'll tell you what. If you sign a contract with us for three years, we guarantee we will sell you eight cents a kilowatt." Next company, maybe more, maybe cheaper, but at least you got that choice to make.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah the freedom freedom yeah, to sign know, the contract that's best for you. Exactly. Yeah. Smart Sorry, Smart man, Joe Patchco like Rascal everybody and uh I appreciate you coming on. Again, if you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep fueling the fires of liberty.